Welcome back in 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is 8.30. Thanks for joining us on this New Year's Eve morning. You got big plans for New Year's? I'm PK DJ. He's not off today. He's just flying down to San Antonio where I am. And I'm going to have to sneeze. So you're going to have to hold on a second here. I don't have an opportunity to cut the mic as if I were back in the studio. So hold on. All right. You got that? I got that out of the way. Thanks for joining us. Obviously, we're talking jazz. As they win last night, they win easily. It was a little bit of a struggle early on, but uh, that zone had it uh, to where they need to figure it out, and then they got it going on. And joining us now right now is Tim McComb. He's coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. All right, our jazz studio analyst, and he does the work for us on 97.5 1280 Zone and the pre half and post is Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant coach. Tim, how the heck are you? I'm not as good as you, man, but I'm good. You know, <laughs> you're down in uh, Riverwalk territory, right? I am. Yes, I am coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, where the sun is <laughs> shining and it is a beautiful, beautiful day. Yesterday was a beautiful day, too. The Riverwalk, it's a lot of fun to be down here. Haven't been down here since uh, 1998. 1998, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I think vaguely remember something happening down there <laughs> in 98. Um, yeah, I was down there as well. It's it's really a great place for a sports event for sure. The Final Four that year was like it was surreal, first of all, because you know, my team was in it at the time, and then being able to walk around and see – it, it, it was just the festivities were, were great. So it, it is an awesome city, man. Yeah, I think that Final Four, and I've been doing this for a good long while, that was as much fun as I've ever had in all the things covering bowl games and NBA finals and that one Final Four. I have to say, that time we spent a week here in San Antonio with the Riverwalk and having the Stanford and the Utah fans were so excited to be here. Maybe Kentucky and North Carolina was more of a formality, but for the other two fan bases, and the weather was great the whole week, it was absolutely awesome. you have any any specific memories that you might want to share and any any yeah, per, so particular voices? I think the, yeah, I think that the... <laughs> I don't know about voices. I'll have to work my way into that, but I remember the night so Utah beat North Carolina first game. And uh, I just remember going back to the river walk and, you know, you, like you said, everybody's walking around with their gear on. And it was almost like if you saw North Carolina or Kentucky guys come and you had to get off the, the walkway because they kind of owned it. They've been there so many times, you know, uh, but that night after winning and just pr- proudly wearing your stuff around and, you know, kind of looking those North Carolina fans in the eye, and they were whimpering a little bit. That was that was kind of a fun night. Um, my wife and I were living in Austin at the time, so we went down and uh, took our our little daughter, who's now twenty four. So it was it was really cool. It was a great great opportunity. It was actually my first Final Four. So, since you lived in Austin, uh, can you speak to how big of a deal University of Texas football is? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we lived in Austin for three years. It's a uh, 
you know, much like uh, football, a lot of teams in the in the South. I mean, football's a religion, and they, it almost kind of takes on a life of its own in terms of in the off season. You know, everybody's hyping up the new recruits they have, and but it is a it's a big deal. And obviously, the last few years they've kind of fallen on. You know, they're not playing up to what everybody thinks Texas should do. But they're also one of those places that every year they would love to be able to contend for a national championship with the budget and the following and everything they have. Tim Lacombe joining us uh, as far as that goes. We didn't bring him on to talk University of Texas and Utah football because he's a basketball expert, but he lived in Austin and he can speak to that and uh, was on the Utah staff and can speak to that when in the Final Four, uh, but can also speak to the Jazz. The Jazz, eight out of nine. Clarkson's coming in, giving them offense. Uh, boy, right now, not necessarily the whole season. The record's pretty good, but right now, this stretch, maybe as good as it gets. Well, we saw this coming. Um, you know, we talked about it a bunch um, on the pregame and postgame shows leading up to this stretch. But you know, they're in the midst of you know being able to play teams that aren't as good, and they and they had. I mean, start of the season there was there was some. In- you know, teams they could were definitely going to beat, um, and then there were a lot of challenges, and, and I think those became bigger challenges with the health slash depth issues that the Jazz were experiencing. Um, but really, credit to the front office. Um, you know, Dennis and Justin with their being really aggressive. I mean, making moves on the fly is really difficult. I, li- I liken it almost to getting your car repaired on the freeway at 70 miles an hour. I mean, there's so much going on, but for them to kind of have the vision and be composed. And when, when they picked, uh, when the trade happened when Clarkson was acquired, I spent the better part of a day just kind of digging into him and his stats and then his game, watching him play. Told Jake that night, I'm like, I'm really bullish on this kid. I think that, this might be exactly what they need, you know, to kind of anchor that second group because that's what they were missing. It's just kind of floundering second group. And and by the looks of it, you know, three games in, and to his credit, one of the games he got here that morning before he played. So he's still learning everything really quickly. But I think that his uh, presence, I mean, it's just – really kind of anchored that second unit and given the Jazz a real pop off the bench. Tim McComb joining us does the radio work with Jake Scott on 97.5-1280 The Zone. So you do not believe that this is just a little bit of, uh, uh, how would you say, maybe uh, a beginner's luck or uh, just a hot streak. You believe Clarkson is legitimate and can do this most games. Yeah, just because he has. And, and you know, I think it's one thing, and we, we saw this when – Conley was acquired, and you know everybody kind of wondered what the lineup would be, and, and the Jazz roll, um, you know, lineup out there with Joe coming off the bench. I think that was their hope: was hey, this is a really good player um, who has some experience coming off the bench, you know, in his career, and we're going to try this. And I think everybody saw it; just we saw a different Joe, and and then. You know, the way things fall, we saw a different Jazz team. I mean, Joe is a humongous part of the makeup of this team, the 
He carries a ton of the swagger for this team. And I think he was out, he was out of our time, just kind of getting lost, trying to figure out. I mean, he was all for it. You know, he's a good guy, but I think it was just it did not resonate with him. And Clarkson, you have a guy who, um, you know, has kind of made his way in this league as being a guy who leads that second unit. And it's so important to have um, some kind of cohesiveness, but more than more than that, just bringing some instant offense off the bench, some instant swagger, you know, be able to settle things down. And uh, and that's what Clarkson is doing right now. And I think, yeah, I'm I'm in the camp that I think this is a move that will really benefit the Jazz, particularly when Conley gets back, it even lengthens the bench more because my assumptions would be that Royce would be the one then probably joining Clarkson and then those two guys coming off the bench just makes a huge difference. Okay, so you are aligning with Liam that I believe that whenever Conley returns here in the next few days or weeks, whatever it might be, that Joe has got to stay in the starting lineup because he's been playing sensational to the point where Dwayne Casey, the Pistons coach, says that he's an all-star. He's not – he called him a bartender. He looks like the bartender, but he's really – he's super good and that he's got – I, I believe Joe has got to stay in the starting lineup. No, I do too. Um, and, and I think it's not for any other reason just that, you know, you want – and this team needs the best Joe Angles they can get. And I just feel like – and you watched it too, PK. I just feel like early in the season, I mean, he's trying to come off the bench and fit, but – it's not Joe. He's passing up shots. You know, it's uh, it just took him too much time to get in the rhythm of the game as he checked in, as opposed to being out there from the start. And I've seen that happen before. You know, I obviously it's something they talked to him about going in, and he was okay with. Um, but I think the results are he's just that important to this team from the beginning. It was the Clippers. It was a Clippers game. He came out and pounded a couple early. He just he just is one of those other guys when your focus is on Donovan and your focus is on Rudy that can just get away from you and, and sting you real quick in the beginning of a game and get your team some momentum. Okay, so they have been playing well, obviously, winning a bunch of games, and they got a bunch of games coming up in the next two weeks that aren't against great teams. I think only one of them, Brooklyn, is either 500 or better. And this road trip with the Bulls and Washington, and these are teams that you should be able to beat. Uh, and so you, you basically come around here every two years and give me that. Note that. <laughs> <laughs> was that well timed? Yes, one of the best. I was gonna, I was gonna get to that with old Jim Boylan there in Chicago. I'll come here once every two years and ask those questions. I don't want to hear that from you. Don't we need to send Gordon to Chicago for this game? I see the show up. With the off the chain. <laughs> That's Don't some class. Five years. <laughs> Ball didn't go in the hoop. Okay, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was a legendary moment, absolutely, yeah. And uh, you knew that at that point, Jim Boylan's coaching career at Utah was taken on water. You start getting into a certain type of contest with the media, that's never going to end well. It just uh, distracts from what well, you're trying to do. Especially like the, you know, Fat Tony of the of the mob, just the guy who's actually got some teeth, and we'll take a bite. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. So you look at the Jazz; they're still in sixth place, though. 
I mean, they're they're just a couple games out from moving up. But how do you handicap the West? Because those top six look really good. Yeah, and we talked about this the other night on the show, and I I think what's made this there, there's a real variable in there that you just don't know. Um, you know, it used to be just injuries, but now you got to take into account load management. Who's going to play when, and and who's not going to play. But what I can say is, I think everything that looked to be um, what the West was going to be about in the in the off season with all the acquisitions and moves and everything and all the excitement. I think it just took some time to get everybody going and firing, but I think you can kind of see now that this is going to be it might be one of the races for the ages for you know the first few spots and um, again, how many nights will guys take off? How will injuries affect it? I do believe the Jazz are playing, you know, kind of right now on house money because they do have, uh, you know, if they're for a couple of weeks, they, they were trying to figure out how to just function. And I think now they've they've more than that. They've more than done that in terms of their, um, their ability to go out and get a couple guys can help and who really want to play hard. Um, and now, you know, they're still got a guy, Mike Conley, who I – I still believe is going to be terrific for this team. Um, I know there's been a ton of questions about whether he's, you know, with his injury, how much that affected him. But I, I just feel like they've got too good a player in him, and he's, his data points over the career, over the history of his career, would speak to the fact that they do have a, a really good player. So you plug him in, uh, and then you're you're getting all these meaningful minutes right now out of. Royce, particularly, and Clarkson. Um, I think Georgie and Yang's made a huge jump, and I really believe that from where Tony Bradley started beginning of the season, I think he's made some moves. I think last few games have gone to him instead of Ed Davis. So I think it's a part of being able to develop your team and your roster. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see one more guy pop, whether it be, um, to me, the guy, one of the guys from the G League, Tucker, who they just brought in, Mione or Juwan Morgan, um, possibly, uh, you know, one of those guys maybe getting some rotational minutes and just continue to shore up the bench. Yeah, as far as Conley goes, that I'm, I'm a little nervous because the team has been playing well, that he comes in and. Maybe that causes him to be tentative, whereas if the team wasn't playing well, then he comes in going, hey, these guys need me. But now that they're playing well, does that maybe add to well, where do I fit in because I don't want to rock the boat type thing? Yeah, but I, the one thing I really do believe is, is going to be a positive coming out of this, and I hear you 100%. I think that that is certainly a possibility, but the way I, I – and looking at this is that he has the opportunity now to sit back and watch them play. And he's watching everything that those guys do really well. And as a point guard, I mean, he had X amount of time in the off season to play with them, but it wasn't a ton of time in comparison. Literally he's getting a front row seat every night to, Oh wow. Boyan's really good at doing that. And I got to find him in those corners. Um, you know, Donovan's just, his ability that he's shown to just make every right play. I mean, it's almost amazing what he's doing right now. Um, 
you know, Rudy's getting way more comfortable. Loved last night late in the game when he came down and just buried Drummond early in the offense, sealed him hard, got a score right at the front of the rim. Um, but I think he's being able to watch all this stuff. And perhaps I think it's one of two things. I think it takes some of the pressure off of feeling like, man, i got to be one of the big three. Um, because I think that in his mind, that was his mindset coming in. And I think guys have stepped up and realized, hey, this team's got a lot of weapons. Um, and then number two, I, I can maybe take a big, deep breath here, and I don't need to go out and do too much. There's a lot of guys out here that can do a ton. And In my mind, if you watch Mike, maybe he was trying to do just a little too much. Um, and some of those getting into the paint floaters – maybe become getting into the paint kickouts to start the blender. Um, so that's where I, I choose to look at it because I think Mike Connolly is a terrific human being. And I think, you know, just by virtue of everything that's written about him, I think he has the maturity to be able to say, look, you guys are doing great. Here's where I can help them and jump in and help. Tim, thanks for joining me this morning. You bet, man. It was great to be with you. Um, enjoy San Antonio and, and the ball game tonight. Will do. Talk to you in the new year. Okay. Thanks, PK. All right. That's Tim McComb. You can hear him with Jay Scott on our pre-half and post-game radio analyzing the jazz on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.